Hello, welcome to Beyond Parenting. My name is Beth Hardy and I'm here to talk to you about parenting, what it means to you and different ways of looking at it. You may have broken free of the chains of the cycles that have been passed on to you from your family of origin, but are you stepping in the direction which is supportive of where you want to be? So we examine all things from things to do with partners, teenagers, younger kids, blowing your top, self-care and more. I hope you enjoy today's podcast. Here we go. Hello, welcome to this episode of Beyond Parenting. Today we're talking to Emma Cottam and she talks to us about her experiences as a mum making some decisions that were outside of what would be expected and how she dealt with questions from those around her stood firm in her decisions and how consequently when she was doing this she felt closer to her child and also felt like she was a better mum. We also talk a little bit about mental health issues, postnatal depression, and um, which is quite a common theme for this podcast. We don't dwell on it, um, but it is mentioned. I hope you enjoy it as much as I did. Hi, Emma. Great to see you. Thanks for coming. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, that's that's you're so welcome. I'm really pleased to have you here. So today I really wanted to find out about how you have ventured through your life as a parent and what sort of stumbling blocks you maybe come across, maybe judgments that you felt if you've done something a little bit differently. Do you want to um, talk to that for a little bit, Emma? Yeah, of course. So I have a four and a half year old who starts school in September, um, which is equally scary and also Mm. exciting. Um, So Isabella um, was born in December 2017, nine days before Christmas my kind of experience before that I thought pregnancy was going to you know be this glowing wonderful experience that was going to feel amazing and mm-hmm. have this beautiful bump and you know etc cetera, etc cetera. um that didn't happen for me um I spent the full nine months being sick um wow and hated absolutely hated pregnancy to be honest um I'm not surprised if you were yeah. sick <laughs> it's horrible I used to drive around so I was still working as a teacher which I still do now so I still have my full-time job um I used to drive to work with a sick bucket in the car just in case I was sick um and that was how you know that was how bad it was it was it was horrendous absolutely horrendous anyway so she arrived nine days before Christmas which was a complete shock to the system um Christmas quite stressful anyway isn't it and then you Mm. add in like new baby who everybody wants to see uh, everybody wants to hold um and she didn't want to sleep she wasn't feeding great. I was feeling absolutely awful. Um, not being sick anymore after that point. <laughs> so that, was, that, that was a positive. Done. That bit was done. Um, oh, was great delight in throwing that sick bucket in the bin when we got home from the hospital. Um, oh, yeah. That was a proud moment. Um, but yeah, it totally, completely was a shock to my system. And I really struggled with, with that transition into mm. a being here. Um, and we spent a lot of those first few weeks kind of dealing with, can I hold her? No, because as soon as I give her to somebody else, she's going to start crying. 
and that I found that so triggering that it that was horrible I um, remember feeling similarly Emma um just being like oh god please no don't ask yeah. me that because I don't think I've got the strength to deal with the conversation did you have the strength to deal with the conversation no <laughs> no um I remember we came to my parents on boxing day and in the end I just put her in a sling mm. and at this point we were like even my mum and dad went went holding her like we're just stopping it we're not doing it because if I hand her to somebody else she just it just ruins every sort of ish not that you've got a routine at that point but it just I can't I can't do it because she's just so unsettled then um what we didn't know at that point is that she actually had oral thrush which was why she was struggling so much struggling so much to feed Mm. I was struggling to breastfeed um and that took us down like a whole other four weeks of like not being listened to you know different medications who ended up with a pediatric referral for them to be like oh it's fine she's put on weight it doesn't matter like but she's crying every time I try and feed her there's so what was it that actually told you there was something beyond just being just crying and being told it's Um, colic or whatever the health visitor actually noticed right a health visitor looks inside her mouth when I was like I'm really struggling to feed her um but that you know that experience and that experience of not being listened to when you go to doctors and you're like something's wrong Mm. this is what the health visitor thinks it is please can you help me to make this work and that kind of led me down a road to stopping breastfeeding completely and that comes with its own guilt and emotions doesn't it and people's judgments and well why have you stopped or why aren't you doing this or have you tried this or whatever um but actually that decision for us kind of probably although my mental health was at rock bottom at that point anyway it stopped it from getting any worse I think um because the screaming was horrendous that kind of me then not having to feed her all the time so Mm. then I wasn't always having to deal with the screaming was you know made made in some ways a you know a positive impact um but that kind of first nine months so in May so she would have been five six months old Mm. I was diagnosed with postnatal depression Mm. and you know early on I've been struggling like you know you look back and you can see those moments of things actually building up and kind of Mm. where it was probably headed um but I got support I had counseling um two lots of counseling actually because then you know you go through all these different phases throughout that well throughout the whole journey don't you and you get you get to one point you're like right okay I'm doing okay now I've got I've got it together a little bit more and then all of a sudden I was back at work maternity leave had finished she was going to the childminders and like a whole of, like, heap yeah, of new things new stuff to deal with yeah. just knock it all down again yeah and you know I'd kind of gone from a place where in May I was like you know my mum used to come around every night after she'd finished work and I'd like I'd hand her Isabella and I'd go and do whatever because I just needed to be not in that space mm. to then me going back to work in the October and being like actually no I want her here all the time like I miss her so much and it's completely different isn't it and then you're like how do I navigate this new set of you know emotions and you know experience no one no one tells you how to deal with this stuff and I don't think even if they did it would make the experience any better would it because you've got to navigate it in your own way that works for you and your family so what Um, did you do to do that how did you navigate it um had counseling second lot of counseling Um, Mm and although that didn't happen till after Christmas so by that point I'd kind of got myself to a point where I was actually doing okay Mm. um 
I think also that, you know, being aware of those emotions has really helped, you know, actually, okay, well, that is how I feel. I can't change how I feel. And I know I'm going to see her when I get home. This is where we're at. And actually for her to have the life that I would like her to have, I have to go to work. I have to pay mm. the bills. Um, and actually the realization that she was having a super fun time at the childminders and she loved it. You know, she still goes now and I'm pretty sure she has more fun with the childminder than she does with me. And that's Lovely. okay. She loves it. You know, there's Lovely. other kids there. They do much more fun things, yeah, don't they? Yeah. And that's okay. Like I'm not, you know, it's a different role, isn't it? Within her life that actually I, I do, I'm not that, you know, yeah. um, and that's absolutely fine. Um, and I think also by that point, I was much more able to ask for what I needed. So from my husband or from my parents or my friends, like actually, this is what I need to do or this is what I need you to do for me so that I can be okay mm. you know I need so you, you to... so you did ask you did, did ask you go yeah because that can I... be a really hard thing for people to actually when they're in that hole to be look outwards and say actually I need I need you because people don't always feel worthy of the help yeah and I think that's the big thing isn't it in motherhood that you feel like you have to do it all yourself but yes. actually it's not just your sole responsibility to raise mm -hmm. that child. And I do rely, you know, a lot on my parents and I'm very, very grateful that they live so close and that they absolutely mm. adore Isabella. Um, but they're another part of her, you know, what she needs. You know, she's been ill over the past few days and actually what she's wanted is a grandma. She's not bothered about me. She's not bothered about her dad. She wants her grandma. That is the only person that she wants. Um, and that, you know, that's okay. And I think having that for her has been, you know, great. Um, but, you know, yeah, asking for that support is really, really hard. Also not asking for that support is really hard and it trying is. to do everything on your own without, you know. And I think the more you ask for that, the easier it gets. Yeah, because sometimes it's that hurdle, isn't it? Of yeah. like, if I ask for help, people are gonna see me as weak and incapable. I don't want to be seen as that even if I felt feel it myself I don't yeah. want other people to think I am and so I'll just keep going and keep going and yeah and it can just lead to feeling worse and worse and worse yeah yeah so yeah that that massively massively helped and then I think you know as we've gone through I mean she's now what four and a half and she's cute and she's amazing um but there's always going to be hurdles isn't there? there's always going to be new things that you know mm -hmm. kind of just shift what's happening I took her to her first um birthday party with kids from kindergarten um, the other weekend and she just spent the whole time crying really she found it too much and navigating that is you know is another thing isn't it but actually what I found and this maybe comes from me being more self-aware of my emotions and how I show up and how I am around her through kind of all the coaching and you know training that I've done over the past kind of 12 months but just being okay well you're upset let's go and do this instead or can we do this or we can just sit here you know we don't have to do anything you know you right. can just sit and watch your friends play you know and really just kind of I guess being a lot calmer and, and not kind of feeling just, that pressure of yeah. everyone like looking yeah. and like yeah oh what well, she's not a good mom is yeah. she she can't keep her child quiet yeah <laughs> self-awareness is, is so important isn't it and knowing how that you're approaching those situations can then also impact on how they 
are then responding to that situation yeah it's hard it it's hard, hard though in the, in those moments when you're feeling those eyes on you and your child is kicking off in the biggest way and yep. you're thinking all the thoughts of what they are thinking <laughs> and how can I mitigate everything yep. and how can I do it in 10 seconds or less yeah <laughs> yep. please please <laughs> let that ground swallow me up <laughs> yeah I've yeah. been there many times <laughs> Yeah, I think sometimes they need to do that. They don't. They they need to let out all that emotion. And actually, if we were five or four, like just to I don't know, sit on the floor and scream, and no one's gonna, they're just gonna let you do it. Yeah, and hold you or whatever. You know, I think sometimes you just have to let that emotion out, don't you? And I think you know, I've noticed with Isabella that it is. You know, it's when she gets stressed. It's when it's when it's all too much and that's what she does and that's okay um if that's what she needs to do then we will sit at the trampoline park and she will cry and I'll sit there with her while she does that well, that's and it because you're holding that space because yeah. that's what she needs and we've been we have been we grew up in a society where that was not acceptable yeah. at all and so it's been drilled into us that no we have to keep the peace and keep them quiet as much as possible and move on and so we've had to do a lot of unlearning so how, yeah. how did you go about doing your unlearning what was that process oh, like for you? it's a difficult process isn't it isn't it when you've got so many other people's expectations of how they've parented and maybe what mm -hmm. their parents did as well mm. um I think right from the start you know I was very much like well this is the way I want to do it this is how I choose to parent Isabella and if you're not on board with that then you're not on board with that and that's your kind of problem not mine but that takes a lot doesn't it to be like no I'm not and doing it that you, way how did you create that vision of how you wanted it to be um I think listening inwards you know okay. I I didn't read mm. any parenting books says the person who's an editor of a parenting magazine um, <laughs> didn't read any of them. although to be honest that's the reason why I created the magazine because when I did you know the stuff that I did engage with was very much like well your baby should be sleeping by this point your toddler should be doing this they should be wearing that they should be eating this food they should be potty trained by this point mm -hmm. and doing this at this point and it just made me feel like such a failure as yes. a parent it's like I don't subscribe to that I'm gonna yes. do this my way and, you know, that was exactly why I created the Positive Wellbeing Dean for Mums, because none of that stuff matters. They do what they need to do in their own time. And as yeah. long as you show up and hold that space for them and support them through that, obviously, unless there is, you know, a serious issue that you need to go to the doctors about, or, you know, but most of them are going to do it in their own time when they're ready. So yeah. what is this pressure for? What what? It's just adding to that extra load, isn't it, of being a parent that you don't need. Um so that's why I created the magazine because I wanted this safe, nurturing, supportive space of people actually being like, this is, this is what worked for me. This is what I did. This is my story. Hmm. This is stuff that might actually be useful and yeah. stuff for you as a mom, not just for your baby, because, you know, everything, you know, I remember from, you know, the moment that, you know, we fell pregnant, everything was just so focused around her, which is wonderful. And it should be, but also how about you as a mum? Yeah, and it's like you're forgotten needs. about. Yeah. 
but and also i mean i know it's a bit controversial but that's that's what happens when people think about pregnancy and and when we come to abortions because it's the woman themselves is completely forgotten about and i i felt this when i was i used to teach hypnobirthing and it was really it came up again and again and again the whole, whole idea of the woman being completely forgotten about and it helps women to lose their power in the entire yeah. pregnancy in the birthing process because it's all about the baby the baby the baby and like hold on there's a whole human being who's yeah. an adult thinking being sentient yeah. being <laughs> who has rights and feelings and you're and you're treating them like they're just this vessel yeah that's exactly how I felt you know and I think people, you know, they, they forget, don't they, that actually you are, you are an actual person and you are able and capable of making your own decisions with right. what, what you want to do and how you choose to do that. Um, and, and, and really importantly, if you don't make those decisions, then you're going to be out of your, yourself, yeah. not authentic to yourself. And there are going to be consequences yeah. both for you and for your child. When you're at your most vulnerable, being able to navigate that space with power and confidence it's so difficult isn't it so difficult um and having that you know I guess space and people around you who are supportive of that way of being and that way of showing up and Mm. being supportive of those choices they might not be the same choices that they make Mm -hmm. or they would make for their child or their family but they are supportive of your choices well, that's it you don't have to agree with no. everything everyone's doing but you just or understand allow, it yeah just allow it to happen because that's yeah. the, that's what their decision is because they're not the ones up in the middle of the night dealing with the child are they no. all these people coming down with like oh you have to do this you have to yeah. do that they're not living your life no no I think you know the biggest thing that we faced was that we co-slept you know we co-slept okay. probably up until maybe a year a year ago mm-hmm. and that's what worked for us mm-hmm. it was a choice between co-sleeping or no sleep right and that that was that was the choice that we made and she ain't gonna still be sleeping in my bed when she's 16 yes and if she is then I am gonna want those cuddles do you know what and it's so funny and because the, those people who refuse to let their babies and toddlers co-sleep are often people who end up bringing their children in when they're eight, nine, ten years old because they haven't learned how to sleep on their own properly because they've done it through fear quite often. Yeah. So what was the sort of, um, you said that was most one of the most difficult things you experienced from a judgment perspective. Tell us a bit about that. Um, My dad's going to hate me for saying this. Um. (laughs) He probably won't Uh, yeah (laughs) probably listen no um I remember him saying to me oh you'll create a rod for your own back if you do that and I was just Mm -hmm. like if that's what I do then that's what I do but right now my baby is not sleeping Mm -hmm. I am not sleeping we're doing this safely I've read the guidance I know what we're doing we we would actually get proper sleep but in those kind of moments of where she was calm completely calm asleep that was the moments where I felt most at peace with being a mum and I think if I hadn't have had those the impact on my mental health would have been worse because actually that was the only time when she was little that I would hold her that and when she was feeding any any other time she was with somebody else 
mm-hmm. my husband or my parents or whoever you know after we'd gone through kind of the no holding phase um and you know now she will sleep in her own bed not this past week she's been poorly she has been in my bed mm-hmm she's been poorly I don't know who doesn't want cuddles when they're poorly and who wants to be on their own well, when that, they're poorly, that's it, that's even it. it's adult, nice that's to have someone to, it's yeah. nice to have someone to cuddle in bed really yeah. so you know and I know that you know when she's feeling better she'll be back in her own bed and she'll sleep and that's fine um but I think even now you know you say I said to friends I oh, will you know we, we used to co-sleep and it's like no I would never do that that was one thing I was never going to do and it's like yeah but it worked for us that might have been that wasn't your choice but this was our choice and for us at that time it was right and that's what we needed and she will learn to sleep in her own bed in her own time mm-hmm. and that's you know I can't go back and change that that's what we needed at that time and I think that's like that it's just a niggle isn't it of like okay someone's going to add some judgment in here um and the breastfeeding thing also adds a whole other layer of judgment doesn't it into into that but I won't get into that um <laughs> well you can if you want to <laughs> I'm not sure I do um okay. I mean I only, I only did okay. four I only did four weeks and I found that the mm-hmm. most challenging thing you know even that layer of you know judgment um but I think you know whatever decisions you make whether it's breastfeeding or, or to bottle feed or combi feed or whatever whether it is to co-sleep or not to co-sleep or whatever decision you make even now you know she's four and a half there's still going to be judgment still going to be judgment throughout but actually it's having an understanding that you you feel that you are doing right for your child because you know them best ultimately it's about is it is about us really all of this stuff even though it's their lives but we can't actually change their lives we can only change ourselves around them yeah fundamentally and like if we make ourselves in a better space emotionally and having had enough sleep then we're more able to respond how we want to because like you can have this ideal picture can't you of how you want to be as a parent if you haven't got the resources because you're too depressed or you haven't slept you're not going to be able to respond in the way you want no so it does come back straight to that it does doesn't it and having that awareness of you know as you said like you know if you haven't slept actually what do you need in order to re-resource yourself so that you can not lose your temper when they do something that you're not happy with you know you don't I mean I hate I hate being a shouty parent I am a shouty parent sometimes and that is when I am at my least resourceful state Mm, when I've not slept when I feel like rubbish and it's the same for them as well. We forget, don't we, that they're also a little human being who, yes. when they haven't slept, when they haven't eaten, you know, Isabella is the absolute worst when she's not had food. She does the hangry. She's thing. absolutely, she is hangry. She is horrible, mm-hmm. but she's just hungry. Yeah. But she yeah. can't verbalize that. She, she doesn't, you know, she doesn't know that's what she needs every time. Anyway, she's getting better at it now. But I think sometimes we don't always know, like for a long time, I used to get really angry and I didn't realize why I was getting angry. This is as an adult at my kids. And I realized it's because I didn't go to the toilet often enough. And I was angry because I needed a week. (laughs) And I didn't know why. I mean, that was me in my late 30s, like getting angry at everyone because I didn't even deal with my own functions. (laughs) I'm like... You know, kids aren't going to. No. (laughs) 
I think it's so easy though isn't it to just kind of get so wrapped up in that moment that then you do how you respond is not how you would like to have or how mm. you would normally respond but actually knowing what it is that you need in order to, to respond better right. can be difficult can't it because it could be a million different things yeah I guess it's trial and error to see what actually it is that you need <laughs> at that moment because it might change next time yeah um, exactly. yeah <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I'm just like, because about that. She really doesn't know what she needs to I'm sure that everyone else is giggling with us. So, <laughs> yeah, um, <laughs> we can move on from that. Like, little disclosure. <laughs> I, I have, um, I'm always known as an oversharer. So, like, <laughs> There we go. I think that makes a good podcast. It does. Uh, (laughs) You know, they say it takes up until the age of seven. That's when they sort of are forming their ideas and who they are. And from my experience, yes, yes, it really has been. And so the work I put in then was so, so important um, so I'm still in the midst of one. I've got a year left with one of my kids. <laughs> one year left. <laughs> one year left. I remember actually my first reaching that seven-year milestone, and I'm like, oh my god, have I done it all? Have I done it all? <laughs> <laughs> like seriously, have I done all the parenting necessary for an entire human being? Yeah. Because yes, they'll need you and they'll draw from you, but it's that building of who they are while supporting yeah. them becoming who they are, but being building the relationship. And it sounds like you really focused highly on listening to your daughter. I hope so. And I hope all of the work that I've been doing, all the, you know, the development and me training as a coach and all of those things, because I can show up better as myself and who I am and who I truly am and who I want to be and that will help her to Mm. also you know feed into that um which I notice in the way that she talks about some things um when she when she does get although she's got out of the habit of doing it over the past couple of months but when she does get herself stressed she's like mommy I just need to take my deep breaths and she'll she'll do that I'm like you got it you know what you're doing you can calm yourself you can you know it doesn't happen every time but it doesn't happen every time with an adult does it you know sometimes (laughs) you you spiral and that's where you get you don't have the resources at that point to be like actually I just need to take some deep breaths and I need to do this and I need to do that Mm -hmm. and then I can go back to what I'm doing um but yeah I hope that you know we will have that strong relationship um but yeah I guess it's also it's about enjoying those moments isn't it those (laughs) before they are teenagers who don't want to spend any time with you yes yes because it really does happen and I found that it happened without us noticing I think COVID really really pushed that for I don't know about other people's but for my family and other people's family or family friends like it just changed everything because it made us like the kids completely retreat into their rooms and so it it just fast forwarded it like that and it's like, oh, okay, we've done that. Yeah, we're done. <laughs> okay, we're at that bit already. <laughs> we, we've hit that one. <laughs> yeah, that was a bit of a shock to the system, but you know, it, it happens, and it does happen very quickly. Um, but the, you know, leaning into your the joy, it can yeah. be really hard when they're like getting 
hyped and excited about yep. something and you're super mega stressed about yep. paying the mortgage that month and it's <laughs> and you're like oh yes what a wonderful butterfly yeah (laughs) I just need to be able to pay the bills yeah but it is so important though to do that and take on their sense of wonder and like I'm trying more and more to like see that joy and wonder and like actually no I just want a piece of that never mind giving them a piece of my crap I want a piece of their joy, actually. I need to change how this is. They don't need to feel my my anxiety because that's only going to make them more anxious. They don't need to know all that stuff. No. Leaning into the joy. So what what has been one of the um, lovely moments in the past month or so with, with Isabella? Oh, gosh. Maybe last night, actually. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, so I was talking about some things with her and I was like, we were having a cuddle in bed. And I was like, oh, I love you. She's like, I love you too. She's like, mummy, you've, you've got friends at work who love you. I was like, oh, that's really sweet, Isabella. And I love you. And Pippin and Luna, the cats, um, they love you too. And somebody Aww. else loves you. And I was like, oh, Bella, that's really sweet. Um, they just know, don't they? They can yeah. just you know in an instant those cuddles and those I love you's and whatever else they might come and say Mm. it can just instantly change how you feel can't it and yeah it's so incredible the power that that actually has yeah um but yeah she is incredibly sweet and incredibly loving um despite being ill (laughs) (laughs) and not wanting to sleep um so she might have said all those wonderful things to me but then didn't go to bed till half past 10 quarter to 11 so that's when you take yeah. a deep breath oh my god then you take a deep breath and I sat in bed and I wrote my essay for my coaching certificate and she led in bed with her eyes open and I did what I needed to do she did what yeah, she needed sometimes. to do and that's yeah. where we were at because yeah. trying to get her to go to sleep and constantly having that conversation wasn't working no so yeah mommy's gonna sit here and do this because if mommy doesn't do this then mommy's not gonna be able to spend time with you tomorrow I need to get this essay done um and she just led there and talked to me stroked my hair a bit and then eventually fell asleep (laughs) and maybe that is bad parenting 101 or maybe it's just going with the flow and dealing with the situation yeah maybe it's perfect maybe maybe but it worked at that time so that that is what you know because I think you can you can spend so long trying to you know get them to do something can't you especially when it's going to sleep Mm -hmm. and in the end actually you know you get yourself all stressed out because they're not going to sleep yeah they're not going to go to sleep because they're not tired because she had a nap in the afternoon because she's poorly so Mm -hmm. she was never going to go to sleep and actually I had an essay to write so we both did what we needed to do and you know that worked and then she got my full attention today um which you know which which is right and she eventually eventually fell asleep (laughs) (laughs) so that's perfect so the solution came just on its own yeah because that's how life is because she has to understand you have needs and wants too and you obviously express that to her and yeah and then she's like in her own way she came to an understanding and she did and you managed it you managed it so Emma before we go I want to do a couple of things so first I want to go through some 
quick fire questions with you. Okay. All right. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Don't worry. They're probably things you've thought of before. Okay. So, okay. So what's the best thing about being a parent? Having a best friend, I guess. Let's go with that. Having okay. a best friend. Perfect. What's the worst thing about being a parent? Not getting enough sleep. <laughs> it's quite a common answer to yeah. my question I say. <laughs> oh dear so parenting yes did it break you down lift you up or kind of both in equal measure or more one and the other um it definitely broke me down first it definitely lifts me up more now than it does break me down. Mm-hmm. Got it. Okay. And um, what was that? What was my other one? Um, <laughs> I know. I'm like, where's my sheet? Where's my sheet? <laughs> <laughs> yes, to, to the listeners, I forgot my sheet today with all my questions <laughs> on it. <laughs> so this is my big confession. So I'm looking at nothing and I'm remembering my questions right now. And I'm thinking, what's number four? I don't know what number four is. I know what it is. It's come to me. Okay. <laughs> so I did a good babble in between. Right. <laughs> what's, what, what do you like most about you? What's the best thing about you? The best thing about me. I'm going to say my hair. Uh-huh. Let's go with say, hair. I'm pretty jealous, <laughs> jealous of your hair. I've always got hair issues. I'm like, <laughs> <"Get them> <laughs> Yeah, let's go with hair. That's, yeah. Go and, with my hair. It's Isabella's favourite thing, so oh, we'll go with that. Oh, that's good. That's good. And what do you think um, the most important job of a parent is? I think just to be there, you know. The rest mm. of it doesn't really matter, does it? You know, money, size of your house car whatever none of that really matters does it mm-hmm. if you're not there for them yeah and showing up for them yeah then you know the rest of it doesn't matter yeah awesome thank you so much so before we go you mentioned about your parent magazine um yes. tell us a little bit more about that and anything else you want to um plug on here okay so the positive well-being theme for mums um is actually only available digitally now um so that has finished in terms of there won't be any more issues um but there is a whole host of back issues non-dated so it's all still totally relevant um and a couple of printed copies left over on the website and that is well was even a quarterly publication for mums um but it focuses on self-care well-being motherhood creativity and the issue that came out at the start of this month, so start of May, um, was a special edition featuring poems and illustrations all on motherhood. A beautiful, oh. an absolutely beautiful issue and a wonderful issue to kind of finish the printed um, issues on. So it's still there. It might be saying there's no more, but it's still there and it's an absolutely wonderful resource. Um, and the reason that it's finished is so that I can make space to coach mums. So that's kind of the oh, next great. chapter of Isabella and us. So coaching mums to thrive be creative and listen to their intuition so group workshops one-to-one sessions are mm. all going to be making their way out into the world very very soon um Yay. once I've taken a well-earned rest and uh taking yes. some time for me um so yeah that's you know that, so that's... you you still working full-time as a teacher did you say yes as well? <laughs> yes <laughs> you know. yes 
busy. <laughs> yeah, I like to be busy. Um, I absolutely love teaching. Um, I love, you know, having that full time, you know, thing to go and do um, that I wouldn't give up because I love it too much. Um, you know, I do. That's awesome the same kind of supportive stuff that I do for Isabella and us but in a different way for the mm. students and you know I love that absolutely love that oh that's fantastic sounds thank awesome you. I can't wait to read that and um, thank you so much for joining me today well us today and then um, for putting up with my um ridiculousness today <laughs> <laughs> my confessions and all that <laughs> so um yeah it's been wonderful chatting with you and um yeah good luck Thank you so much for having me. Ya vi que estás aquí. Thank you so much for listening to today's podcast with me, Beth Hardy. And if you want to connect with me more, you can get along to any of my socials, Your Family Wellbeing Coach on TikTok and Instagram. And you can find me at Stop the Triggers on Facebook. I hope to connect with you very soon. If you have a question that you want answering, we might be able to do a podcast all about that. So please do drop me a line. I'm so grateful for everyone who listens listens to this podcast see if you can rate and subscribe so we can make it bigger and better every week okay,